Hey guys, it's Bill from No One Legacy. Thanks for listening. Do us a favor and uh, uh, leave us a review. Click click five stars on here and subscribe to wherever you're listening to this podcast. Uh, today we are talking about dads of the Bible and we're talking about Noah. You're listening to the Known Legacy Podcast, brought to you by Known Legacy Ministries. For more info, go to www.knownlegacy.org or look for us on social media under Known Legacy. Now here's your hosts, Bill and Travis. All right, so Bill, I got to ask you a question. Was your dad a handyman? Kind of. Kind Kind of? of. Yeah, he was a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none kind of thing. Gotcha, gotcha. And so we'd fix things... Kind of. How, when things didn't go as planned, when tools broke or whatever he was trying to fix broke worse than it was before he tried to fix it, how did your dad react? He did not like it. <laughs> he, did, he did not like it, and therefore neither did I. <laughs> I learned many a cuss word at those moments. Yeah, there was. Man. I had a whole vocabulary of French language that I picked up. French language? Ooh, wee oui, wee. Oui. Remember, you're like, oh, he's speaking French. So, uh. <laughs> and then you try it off with mom, and mom's like, "You will not speak that here." Where did you learn it? You know what my dad didn't do though. What? He wasn't a big dad jokes guy. Uh. He was funny. My dad was a. Fu- my dad is a funny man. But uh, dad jokes were not as. I think yeah, maybe he did have funny things. My dad, you know, uh, you know, looking back, actually, he would in the mornings he would take a pan with with like a spoon and bang it on the back and sing "Oh, what a beautiful morning" to us. <laughs> what well, what a way to make you hate that song forever. Oh, I hate that oh, song. And when I finally found out, how it does was it even from, go? It was from Oklahoma. Like, oh, what a beautiful morning. And I was like, when I heard it, I was like. Ah! <laughs> I, was like, run, I was running away and I was like, what's wrong? I'm like, I'm traumatized by this song. PTSD kicks in. By the way, I, just a side note right now. I'm not a, I'm not a big guy into musicals, you know, but Oklahoma is one musical that I just detest. There's nothing about that musical I like. I don't know. I don't know why. I know some people love it. I know it got a bunch of awards and every single high school does it eventually, da, 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 whatever. And I just, I'm like, there's not a song in that musical that I'm like, you know, like a Surrey with the, the frill on top. I'm like, what? What in the world? You know, my thing was when we were coming down from New York, we drove through oh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma with us and don't The wind just, comes sweeping across oh, the plane. Man, it's brutal. But I remember we were driving through and we were tired and we're almost to, to Texas and Oklahoma came up and I was like, and I'm sorry for Oklahomans. Oklahomans? Oklahomans? How do you say Oklahomites? I don't know what they are. So if you are, please forgive me. If you're offended, info at known like this, this is a pre, I'm sorry you're offended. And I was like, what the heck is up with this state? It was literally, we were driving down. I'm exhausted. I got a two month old in the back. My wife's sleeping. I'm towing a trailer and there's a ton of cars behind me and it was K rails for no joke, like 80 miles. And I was ready to like pinball off of those K rails because, because my son was two months old. So here he is whining. So he, he lost his, his pacifier. My wife's sleeping. She's out cold. So I'm like, so I stick my finger back there and he's <laughs> sucking on my finger and I got one hand on the wheel and I'm like just about to pinball off of both sides. And I'm like, I hate this state for all that's in me. <laughs> hate it. So it was not a beautiful day. No. At all. But you know what it is a beautiful day? Dad jokes. All right, let's go. So um, what do you think of your job? What do you think of your job at the prison library? I don't know. What do I think of my job? It has pr- pros and cons. <laughs> Stupid. So good. Do cow mothers like coffee? Yes. 
No. I don't know. Do they? Yes, but they prefer decaf. Stupid. Hang on. Hang on. I got to get another one. (laughs) Okay, while we're at the cows, what do you call a cow with no legs? Ground beef. There it is. That's the (laughs) ram shot that I can do. Why did the slug call the police? Why? Because he was assaulted. (laughs) Stupid. Apparently salt is something bad for slugs. Yes. Yes, it is. Never tried that as a kid, but if you are a sick freak, you can put some salt on a slug. Apparently, I guess they'll start to bubble up or something. You, it's a painful, slow, painful death. If you want to be they the, feel pain. If you want to be the Unabomber, you can practice by putting salt oh, in a slug. horrible. It's terrible, man. Yeah. Why did the Energizer Bunny like go to jail? Jokes. What? Why I'm did sorry. They, no, I know you cut me <laughs> off. This was a big one. These jokes are fantastic, These like are. salt on a slug. Why did the Energizer Bunny go to jail? Um... He lost all his power. Because he was charged with battery. (laughs) (laughs) That was terrible. So uh, that might be enough. Uh, I'm going to try one more. (laughs) Why not? Why not? Why don't we just keep this pain going? How did dad feel after running behind a truck all day? Tired. Exhausted. (laughs) Exhaust. Oh, that's enough for the day. There it is. Uh, dropped it on the floor even it, it, that one deserved to be thrown on the floor so hey dude it's another great day and i'm glad you're here oh, thanks bill that's fantastic it you know it was snowy last week it and was. we did have a lot of water and a lot of houses did break pipes and it was a lot of flooding and so i'm guessing a lot of dads decided that they tap into their uh, tim the toolman tailor and uh, do their best to fix whatever was going on and that fix probably took three times longer than it was expected and there weren't tools that he needed and so he jerry-rigged it and the jerry-rigged didn't work and the next thing you know um, you have more water than you originally it's those moments that as dads we have a chance to shine but often <laughs> we do not oh man it was bad it was crazy but I remember this one time we had, uh, as a family, we went to church and this was in Illinois and um, we got back and it was like springtime. So the snow was on the ground, but it was kind of melting and, and we locked ourselves out of the, the house. Right. Okay. Joy. So my dad's like, surely there's a window that's open. Right. So we had screens on the windows and he couldn't get the screen open. So, you know, he's working on it for five, 10, 15 minutes, you know, and we're all in the car just shivering because it's cold, you know. And and the next thing you know, you see the screen just go flying across the front of the house. <laughs> my wife, my mom opens the door. Are you OK? This mother- <laughs> next thing you know, the window pane is broken. Right. And there's blood everywhere. He's like, I hate this house. I can't and believe it. Right. And then he gets my 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 sister to climb through the broken window to unlock the door. It was a train wreck. You know, it reminds me of there was a show called This Old House. Oh, I, I remember that show dude, well. That was dude, that was a Saturday morning staple for yes, me. Yes, it was. And at first I hated him, but then I loved it because cause I realized that everything they did was like the hardest job in the world. And I love it. In the beginning, like you'd be like, hey, this is Tom here from Boston. We're going to fix a window pane today. It's going to be the hottest thing you ever did in your life. And then they go through like 47 steps of how to like redo it and weigh it and yeah. shim it down. And, sh- and I'm like, I don't have a planer. Why are you <laughs> using a planer? This is not easy. Oh, you got to redo the run on there. And so it's going to be wicked hot. So then you got to go and seal it in. Then this will be a four to six week project. And you're like, I could go to Walmart. It's December. Exactly. I go to Walmart for $1.87 and buy a new window. I'm done. I'm done. But this makes it like a classic house up here in the Northeast. Right. And you're going to love it. You got to reglaze the uh, the glass. 
And it's like in, it, it, it's like in what is it? Kind of like SpongeBob. It's like forty-seven minutes later. You know, it's like and they're still working on the same thing. And the guy's seven years older. I would love. He's to like see- got a whole beard. In there. <laughs> I would love to see what hit the cutting room floor. Like the moments it's- that they're throwing wrenches at things. <laughs> and they're just like, I'm done. What? No, I just got. I just. Uh, did you give me a band aid? <laughs> give me a beer. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So, so yeah. So, some guys are not super fixed, right. and it's been floody, which brings me to the point of man picking up water and things like that. It reminds me of one of the dads of the Bible. Oh, what a great transition, Noah! <laughs> Noah, the man who had a building project for fifty to seventy-five years. <laughs> Could you imagine that story? I and can't. He's never done it before. He's building a boat, and uh, I, and so we wanted to dive into Noah and his his family because. In a lot of ways, what you what you know of the story, you don't know a lot of the family dynamics, but what you do know is this, that after that long building project, his son still wanted to be around him. All yes. three of them. That's a really good point. <laughs> they wanted to hang out. And his wives were there. It's not like they're like, I am so done with dad. I would rather I would rather drown in a flood than hang out with this man one more time. That's a really good point because, you know, we hear the story and we sometimes have this single like idea that like Noah was by himself. And everyone's like, hey, there's no, he's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, he said it's going to rain one day. Pfft, what is rain? I didn't hear of rain. Right. But it wasn't just Noah. It was all of them. Right. And, and they're, they're suffering. suffering inside. Right. And they're suffering the same ridicule that dad's getting, but they didn't have the conversation with God. Dad did. And now they're kind of like, man, I, I hate going into town for supplies because I just get mocked. But they, but there's something in that relationship with, with their dad yeah. that... that continued to be cultivated all of those years that the sons are still on board with whatever's happening that just floors yeah, me yeah like like noah there was there must have been again we're reading between the lines so tell us if we're wrong but according to how i have kids <laughs> maybe i'm wrong <laughs> it seems let, let me cut you off real quick you have kids you are wrong okay, <laughs> i have great. four I guarantee you, you're, I'm, I'm wrong. wrong. Especially when they turn 13 to 17, you're an idiot. Yes. It's amazing how much dumb you get. Like, <sighs> But anyways, it's really cool to see that there must have been an underwritten belief from them that said, man, dad has my back, so I've got his back. Wow. The, fact that, the fact that one day he woke up and said, hey, gay guys, <laughs> I was talking to God. Have I got a plan for and us? <laughs> I was talking to God, and he said... We're going to build a boat. What's a boat, Dad? I don't... Well, I, they're probably... There were obviously boats or something because it was water and fishing and things like that. But, I mean, like, we're going to build a boat the size of the biggest building you've ever seen. Times 10. Exactly. And they're like, okay. Like, so for them to follow him... Is this a weekend project, Dad? Or <laughs> is this going to be done in the month? Like, is this going to be the project that never finishes? You know, you can see... Like, yeah. me as a, as a son with my dad, but like... I, you got me for half a day, and then I'm yeah. done. I'm checking out. But they were devoted to him for a hundred years, mm-hmm. and so you so you think about the kind of parenting that he was, that he was involved. That the scripture says that he was a righteous man. That 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 there was no other righteous man in the world. So even his sons, interesting enough, didn't seem as righteous as Noah because God said, "I'm going to talk to you." Right, and then he said, "I'm going to talk to my kids." So, as the head of that household, he mm. he must have done something right. That God was like, "I found one guy in the whole world who worships me and follows me, and that's Noah." Right, and he's leading his family correctly. So, I think there's something in that to go, dads. In the silence of where we as as we lead our family, God will talk 
but we need to hold on for that moment right. to happen. So well, one, I think what else you see with Noah is he was able to see the mundane, see the holy in the mundane, mm. right? To see the adventure in the routine of day to day to day, getting the splinters, cutting another piece of wood, putting it in the right place. I mean, this was a, a labor of love in every sense of the word. And I'm sure there were moments where he hated it, but he, he kept pushing into himself and his family. This is a high and holy calling. Yeah. And I'm wondering to myself, how many of us as dads are finding ourselves in a situation where we're doing what we're doing? We've lost that reality that this is a holy calling from God. You had a great illustration. We were just uh, cutting the uh, cutting the rug. No, that'd be dancing. We weren't dancing. <laughs> <laughs> just to let you know, we don't dance before we do the podcast. Unless it's like an Irish jig. <laughs> no, but but uh, you had this great illustration about uh, vanilla ice cream cones. Mm. And I think it applies to this because I think, you know, again, Noah saw the big holy picture of this mundane routine that they were in. Yeah. And he pushed that or invited his kids to be a part of that. And at the end of the day, they were still a part of that 50, 75 years later. Yeah. So, so he created a... Uh, I guess an excitement and energy, a reality that no, this is the God that we listen to. But that comes from trust. Those kids trusted him with their lives and not just their lives, but their reputation. So that speaks volumes of what Noah did to engage the heart of his family that they were like, dad, I'm for you. Right. Even though this sounds nuts, grab me another, another two by four, you know, and they just kept on going. And then dad said, you have to make the two by four. So they must have really, really trusted him. But you you think about this idea of the hundred years of trusting and waiting and the part that he engages. And then when every attack happened, which, I mean, let's be honest, ridicule and mocking. And at the same time, you know, it's, it said that it said that the that, you know, know, that the sons of God slept with the daughters of man. And so these. I'm going to be a little free here, like the creative element that, you know, I've heard some of these beliefs to say that that these are where, you know, the Roman mythology came from, Mm. that people who, you know, leaped mountains and could do all these great things. This is where the the kind of the, you know, the lore of some of this came from. Right. Is these amazing men. So these guys had to stand in the gap with their father while all these great things were great, physically great things were happening, like really incredible looking things were happening. So Noah did not allow the hearts of his sons to follow the heroes of the day, but to identify and follow the calling of God. So that must have been that he kept on listening to what God was saying on the day to day. He kept communing with God. Right. Regardless of what the outside right. circumstances said. Well, and I want to go back to, and I, I do want to, I, I tried to set you up earlier, but, but I want to hear that illustration of the vanilla cone. Because I think that's an important illustration for us as dads to continue to pour into our kids that you may see it as this, like, just doing reading and writing and arithmetic, right? You may just see this as lifting weights. You need to see the holy calling that God has for you the in why this behind yeah okay yes. so so sorry I didn't I didn't pick up what you were what you were putting down right there but but the idea of you know we're talking about vanilla ice cream cones and you know and a lot of times even as a follower of Christ we do things in the idea of obligation well my church says I have to do this so I have to be a good person I have to pray I have to read I have to not sin and it's essentially like making vanilla ice cream cones it's like sitting there and someone was to say Travis I need you to make a hundred vanilla vanilla ice cream cones today 
okay, why are you doing it? Well, I'm doing it because this guy said I needed to, and I trust his leadership, right. or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen because he's a spiritual guy. So here I am making 100 ice cream cones. Well, eventually, making ice cream cones doesn't have the same value when you don't know why you're doing it. Right. And so if we switch that little bit to go, no, Travis, you're making vanilla ice cream cones for those who have never tasted ice cream before. And that changes it. Right. That creates the why of, wait, I don't just want to make 100. How many kids have it? There's, there's 1,000? Okay, I'll make 1,000 today. Because those kids, I want them to taste ice cream. Here, at, Noah heard from God and said, no, there is going to be a detrimental change to our, to, to, to our society. I am going to rain down uh, hellfire and brimstone in the form of water on this earth, and I need you to be ready. And so he had to keep that going with his kids. And so he not only told them to be obedient, but he shared the why. Right. Uh, behind that. This is why we're doing it. Hey, God told us to. I trust you. I'm going to pour into you. It wasn't just get up and work. It was I'm going to share my life with you. Scripture talks about that. You know, Paul said that it's not just that we would we would share the gospel, but our lives with you. So it isn't just an obligation to here's a bunch of truth. Right. But here's why we're doing this, because this will this will change the world as we know it. And he shared that vision with them so that they said, I want to be a part of what you're doing. He was right. very open and honest with that. I love that. I love that. And so, you know, and again, we're, we're kind of pumping up Noah because he had three sons and they all hung out with him and continued to work with him well beyond, you know, deep into his life. Right. Correct. Obviously. Um, and uh, and so it's easier for us to think, well, Noah had it all right. Well, he did. But after the storm, and that's sometimes what happens to us as guys, like yeah. we, we, we can weather the storm and we can tap into the adrenaline and we can kind of make the decisions to, to get through the storm. And if we ever get to the point where we feel like we've arrived, that's the most dangerous point. Yeah. And that's what you see with Noah. Yeah. Noah's on the boat. They're saved. The, the, the earth is drying out. The birds are flying away. The animals now have food. And, and the boat is just kind of a memory at this point, right? Yes. Now the, the vineyard is growing. Noah is reengaging in life pre-flood where he's farming, he's cultivating, yeah. he's eating, he's celebrating. And he thinks, man, the worst is behind me. And what does he do? He gets comfortable. Yeah. And when he gets comfortable, he gets drunk. He gets drunk. And so, so, so you see this part too, that in the midst of this, that the guard should never be taken down. Right. And, you know, you know, to say one thing about it is Noah dropped his guard. Right. Because, you know, the same thing with like, you know, we talked about David, but I'll just mention it really quick. David dropped his guard and the next thing was he slept with Bathsheba. So this idea, this theme of not losing your guard, that there is an enemy, a prowling lion seeking someone to devour. He doesn't say, hey, I'm going to give you a week after an awesome time. The guard had to stay up. So as dads, we got to keep our guard up. We got to mind our kids to keep our guard up as well. So then, you know, as we have failings from time to time, you know, even though we have successes, you know, it's important that we don't allow the failings to become our definers. And that's where God's love and grace comes into the conversation. Mm. Because even later on in the New Testament, Noah is not referred to as, oh, the drunkard. Correct. Oh, the guy who messed up at the very end. Oh, the guy who decided to drink one, two, three, five bottles of wine and get hammered. That's not how he's referred to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's referred to as a man after God's own heart. Or or how does it say it in first in first uh, you know, and in second Peter it says that he was he was a righteous man. Righteous man. And so you have this idea, you know, and in fact God didn't just He wasn't righteous because he was perfect. He was righteous because he engaged in the conversation and did as best as he could follow the desire of God. Yes. And so so in the midst of that, God didn't just say, Okay, we're done. He gave him another chance after that. So, so even in the midst of that, as he messed up, in fact, um, 
you know, you, you hear the story about how how he actually was clothed 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 by his sons, and he even says that you know. So so here, um, let's let's read that little part. Uh, you know, Noah began to be a man of the soil after all this, and he planted a vineyard and he drank the wine and became drunk and lay uncovered in his tent. And then God hated him. No, that's not what it says. It says, and Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers. Ham was given an opportunity to 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 just cover him up, but instead he ran back and he told he told his brothers. Uh, and then Shem and Japheth took took a garment, laid it on both their shoulders, and walked backward and covered the nakedness of their father. And their faces were turned backward. They never saw their dad's nakedness. And they did not see their father's nakedness. When Noah awoke from his wine and knew what the youngest son had done, he said to him, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants, shall he be to his brothers. He also said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and let Canaan be his servant. May God enlarge Japheth, and let him dwell in the tents of Shem, and let Canaan be his servant. And after the flood, Noah lived 350 years. So God wasn't like, I'm not done with you. You screwed up. Let's move on said in all the days of Noah were 950 years and he died. And so you start reading in chapter 10 of Genesis and you see that Noah got to meet his great, 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 great grandchildren. Right. And got to share the story of the flood and the victory. So, so God gave him a legacy afterward. Right. When he was done to say, this isn't it. It wasn't just, okay, and then you're done. But his his sons stayed with him. His sons, his, his people, you know, his children's children got to hear the story of the greatness of what God did. So, so not only was, in the midst of this, yes, he screwed up. The good thing is, none of us have ever screwed up. <laughs> and we'll probably never will, because we're perfect. And so, so this opportunity to go, okay, you messed up. You've done great things. You dropped your guard. You messed up. But now there's a chance for restoration. And not only in this, I'm going to give you 350 more years right. to continue to pour out to, the, to that generation. God will bless your obedience when it comes to you. Even if you mess up, it's going, God, fix. I'm sorry, and let's move on so that, so that we can say, you know, he heard from God and engaged his family's hearts. He was consistent in community. He kept focus. He lost his guard for a moment. But if we keep our guard up, even at that moment, God is willing to to forgive us and move on so that we may have a right. legacy that we can share after. And cover up our shame. Yes. So so giving us an opportunity to, to live in this truth and say, God, help me to have the heart of Noah. Yeah. And when I do mess up, forgive me and move on. And give me the heart of the younger sons. That when we see the men in our lives fail, we don't rejoice and bring others to say, look at the shame that has been cast on this person. But we are the men who will take whatever needs to be done to cover the shame of the people so they may be restored. Yeah. You know? So God wants to use us as dads. We are going to mess up. But if we stay consistent, we see a life of Noah that is full of blessing from the beginning that his sons are like, I'm willing to be with you. I'm with you. You heard from God. I trust you. Right. Something is said in that relationship that there was that much trust that it's like, you know, coming around the corner, you're never going to believe what happened to me. <laughs> I was, I was just walking and all of a sudden God talked to me and said, we have to build a big ship. How to go for wood. What's go for wood. Exactly. I have no I have idea. No idea. <laughs> and it's, and his, and his kids are like, I'm in. Yeah. And you're like, I want that kind of father. I, I want to be that kind of father to my kids to say, man, if my kids see the heart of God on me, know that I'm listening, know that I'm pouring out to them, they trust me enough to go, I'm in. Yeah, I love it. 
Good word, Bill. Um, man, I can't wait for the next round of dad jokes. I can't actually, but you know, I think again, if you stellar. have some good dad jokes, send them to us at uh, info at knownlegacy.org, and uh, we'll make sure we weave them in. But make sure they're good. There is no good dad. Joke. I think they have to be terrible. <laughs> I think that's what makes them so good. It's like throwing out lead balloons. Yeah. <laughs> So good. Anyways, thank you guys for listening in. Um, as always, follow us, uh, subscribe, give us a five star rating if it's something that you feel called to, and uh, we'll see or uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to By Dads for Dads on the Known Legacy podcast. Look for us on social media under Known Legacy, or go to www.knownlegacy.org to stay connected. For booking or questions, email us at info@knownlegacy.org. At